is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Happy, happy Thursday for those uh, who celebrate. I presume that's you because you're listening to the show. Happy NFL season. Sandy, I sat down. Uh, I'm going to get over my normal complaints about I-25. But then I sit down in the, in the chair at the studio. And I, I I thought I, like, shrunk three inches. And I realized that apparently, like, someone lowered the chair. Well, but yeah. all of a sudden, I felt like a, like a kid at the Thanksgiving dinner table right. where, you know, everything's just sitting at, like, your, right. your chest. Kind of threw me off. Well, I couldn't understand that. Yeah. Good now, because I, I figured who, who out where it sits is. There Must be somebody much bigger than do. me. Must be somebody bigger than me. So they had to lower it because they must be huge. And uh, Danny Bailey may know. It's yeah. Bruce Hurdle first thing in the morning. Right, right. When David Hurlbut is here, it's him. Yeah. And then yeah. Danny Williams sits there doing his show. Okay. Wait a minute. All I, right. Well, I think I'm taller than all those guys. Yes, I think so too. I, I, I know you're bigger than Bruce Hurdle. Well, I wonder. Maybe they have like fancy sports cars, and they're used to being you know that really low I, to the I, ground. I, I That's just kind I, of their I vibe. I hate being low. I like me too. Looking down on yeah. the mic, you know. I'm the guy that goes to. It, I go to the. Down. I don't like to talk. Restaurant up. that has like a if a pub area or whatever, and they have those you know the high tops with the. Yeah. I'd rather sit at those. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I'm that guy too. I kind of like up. Up is better. You get a better view up there. The NFL season starts tonight. The it does. Chiefs and the Lions will play. Travis Kelsey is a <laughs> definite maybe. Definite maybe. That's for sure. And uh, you kind of hinted at it before. You're like, uh, I was thinking. You know, it's might interesting be, though. Would might you be a guy who plays. Uh, I, I would not. I would not. I would, I, not. I would not play him if he's he's not 100 percent because that's the kind of thing that can be easily aggravated. And they've got you know 10 days before they play again You're, after yeah. tonight. Take advantage of that extra time. You're the you, you defending champs. You know you are the favorites to win the Super Bowl again. Right. Uh, you can you can win this game without him. You probably can't win the Super Bowl without him. And so well, no, that's oh, too much of, of a not. risk. Uh, so of course not. In that and, regard, you, know you don't risk it. You can't win without Chris Jones either. And in spite of what Chris Jones suggested yesterday, that it was still possible that he could be signed and be available for the game tonight. He has not been signed, so he will not be available for the game tonight. And uh, that saga goes on even as uh, Nick Bosa yesterday Ooh. signs a big new deal with the San Francisco 49ers. That probably made the Chris Jones situation more complicated, and, not uh, less. attitudinally with the 49ers, Ooh, that has uh, changed things about 180 degrees. But uh, over the next couple of days, we'll be talking about all the games coming up right. in week one. You saw Kyle Shanahan was actually surprised now. by he that was. news. He, he, got news. he got the news as his conference as started. As his press conference is starting. Yeah. So he's walking into the room talk about thinking good news. he's going to talk about not having Nick Bosa in week one and still working on a deal for Nick Bosa. And he finds out literally as he's walking literally into just the press him. conference, hey, we signed him uh, so soon before the press conference that he didn't actually have specific details, although he could probably have hazard a guess. Chris Jones uh, may very well be in the owner's box tonight, however, even though he well, it's, a, it's a hefty ticket. Good seat, but hefty Hell ticket because uh, Chris Jones forfeits $1.1 million by not playing in this game. The counterpoint is, I guess you have to make it back on the back end. He knows that as a, a veteran with his standing, he can go all the way up until week eight. Yes. And and still get a vested year. And so that's right. where I think things uh, end up going. And, and it feels like, I mean, obviously, 
not only do the Chiefs play tonight, but we focus on them because they are, of course, the the rulers of the roost in the AFC West. And the Jones deal's going to get done because, quite frankly, the Chiefs need him. Now, are they going to cave into everything he wants? You've already seen Chris Jones say, I could play this week if we were signed. I don't need Aaron Donald's money. I just want to raise. That, that that's that's the that's where you realize these guys can meet in the middle, and it will happen. Maybe it'll be a couple of weeks. But if you're thinking as a Broncos fan, ha, huh, maybe this will derail their season. He, he wants a hell of a raise, though. He does want a raise, and uh, I don't know that he wants Nick Bosa money, uh, nor should he get Nick yeah, Bosa. Certainly money. not Aaron Donald but, money. But uh, next to Aaron Donald, he is probably as good an inside pass rusher. Mm-hmm as there is in the NFL right I, now. I think he's the second best in uh, the Speaking business. of pass rushers, have you caught up with the Chandler Jones saga, the latest? I've tried. It's a, that Chandler Jones a saga little odd, right? Sent an emergency crew to his house, as right, what, is crisis his custom. Right. Team? The crisis team sent to his home, Not good. telling him he's in danger, I guess danger to himself, uh, which I guess came as news to Chandler Jones. And he said the woman who was at the door was quite rude. And he videotapes the whole thing. And I, I, I know I say this all the time. I really do personally like Josh McDaniels. Uh, he wasn't here long enough for very many people to get to know him uh, at all away from the field. And this is distinct from my professional judgment of Josh McDaniels, <laughs> at least circa 2009, 2010. Right. When um, I, I think... Uh, Dave Krieger, Josina Anderson, and myself were the only three active people doing sports at the time on an ongoing basis. And I, I apologize if you were on the no, air. No, I don't uh, believe you were. I, I wasn't on the. I wasn't on the I, air. I didn't think that, that you were. But I was still uh, over at USA yeah, Today because I yep. think had you been on the air, you would have joined us as a skeptic. And uh, good for. Uh, Krieger and and Josina to to have even after the six and zero start remained skeptical, and of course that skepticism was warranted. But I like him a lot personally, and yet it, the last couple of days he he speaks to the media as does Sean Payton uh, virtually every day during the week, and again he's talking about well this is a private issue or keeping it private, and I'm like. Man, I'm I'm not a social media guru, but it's all over Chandler Instagram. Jones is making, He's Chandler Jones doesn't think things. it's private. Put it he, that way. He doesn't. He he hasn't made it private. So well, we handle these things internally, says Josh McDaniels. Well, it's not an internal matter when he's videotaped it, and and he's and releasing absolutely it. beside himself with rage over the way the. Raiders have handled this whole thing, starting with locking him out of the practice facility over the weekend. And I, I know there are mixed feelings about Chandler Jones as a player at this point. He's 33 years old, and he's been in the league. I think this would be his 12th year, if I'm not mistaken. He's been around for a while. Uh, he's been a little less productive, at least he was last year. But he wasn't short of suitors but, as but a free he, agent. No, no, he wasn't. And... I think, if I'm not mistaken, he played in Arizona for Vance Joseph. When yeah, Vance uh, Joseph yes. was the coordinator. Yeah, for a little bit. Yep. So Vance Joseph knows uh, Chandler Jones a little bit. And Chandler Jones played very well in Arizona, uh, went to the Raiders, and uh, did not 
really produced last year, except in one or two games. And then he got hurt, I think, on Christmas weekend uh, when the Broncos were getting shellacked in Los Angeles by the Chargers. Uh, Jones is hurt, and he missed the last couple of games of the season entirely. Uh, So he comes back this year, and his status now is uh, deemed uncertain for the opener, and Josh McDaniels certainly didn't shed much light on it uh, out in Las Vegas today as to whether Chandler Jones will be more certain to play by Sunday, if he's definitely out. Uh, No official word on that uh, from uh, the Raiders. So, uh, Weird, weird situation. It's, it's an odd situation. Jones is, is 32. And Jones is Max Crosby's counterpart uh, yeah. uh, along the defensive line and can generate a pass rush. Now, I hear the kid, uh, Tyree Wilson, that they drafted, yep. and that may have been something that annoyed Chandler Jones, too, I because Tyree that. Jones is a young pass rusher, and he was drafted where? Top 10 picks, right? Wherever the Raiders selected. I think it was seven. They weren't good. So it, yeah. it was not the the it was not a top five pick, but I think it was a top 10 pick. Anyway, he's 10 months removed from foot surgery. They're not sure he's physically was seven, ready. By the way. Seventh pick. Seventh, seventh pick. overall. Okay. Yep. So, uh, uh, they're funny things, the dumb things you remember and the important things that you totally space out on when you're 66 years old. Oh. But Uh-oh. the, Boy, the, the, the Raiders, <laughs> with and without Chandler Jones last year, were the third worst defense in the NFL against quarterbacks. That is the good news for the Denver Broncos, even as they are shorthanded in terms of wide receiving talent heading into the opener on Sunday. Yeah, and and Wilson, of course, uh, could be an an interesting situation. Obviously, you you pick a guy that high. Uh, He has had injury concerns. Basically, he had a foot injury and been uh, out, obviously, at a late start because he had the foot injury. Uh, in his senior season in which he was hurt all the way back in uh, November 12th about in Texas Tech and had surgery and had a follow-up procedure in March. Uh, he has been going at it and looks like if they needed to, uh, they could start him. But this is uh, it's a dysfunction there for the Raiders again that it's hard to see where this works itself out. Uh, Jones makes an average of $17 million a year. That makes the ninth highest paid defensive end in the league. Crosby is higher than that. Yeah. But the problem for the Raiders is the dead cap money where they try to just release him or whatever. It's $25.8 million. So certainly they are incentivized to work something out because even, even if uh, after the season, it's still $12.3 million. So this is this is weird, and you're and you're right. You're pointing out, you know, in the case of of Josh McDaniels, I sort of picture the the what is now meme, but one scene out of the old Naked Gun where there's a building exploding behind Leslie Nielsen, and he's like, "Nothing, please to disperse. See nothing here. to see here. Please disperse. Right. Everyone can see it. I'm I'm sure we can get that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that, that sound like everyone can see it. To so many situations, it's all happening right behind life. you, man. It's We're all it, looking I at mean, it. it you, your your whole life is exploding around you, at least your professional life. And uh, Josh McDaniels characterized yeah. the situation with Chandler Jones as day to day. Yeah. But then again, aren't we aren't all? Aren't we all, as uh, Keith Oberman used to say. Max Crosby, third, by the way, in, in uh, defensive end salary at $23.5 million. 
on and average. He's worth every penny. Certainly yeah. to the Raiders. Yeah. And certainly against the Broncos, in which he has dominated. Brought up that before. 11 and a half sacks in eight games well, against the Broncos. He's what been are phenomenal. The two, I'll give you my two major issues, questions going into this game. With or without Chandler Jones. Will Russell Wilson, if not immediately, then at some point this year, be a lot better than he was in 2022? Not just marginally improved. It needs to be. Not just barely serviceable, which be would be better than last year. But he needs to be a whole lot better than he was It needs to be that right now. Last year. The second question, is the Raider defense better than awful? And it's in some ways kind of the same question because Wilson's degree of awfulness and the Raiders' defensive degree of awfulness were essentially the same. Yeah. But Russell Wilson was one of the five worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL last year mm-hmm. by any reasonable measure. And even as vaunted uh, previously, as recently as 2021, Russell Wilson had a 114 passer rating on deep balls, which was the number one figure in the NFL. Last year, he completed on passes that traveled 20 or more yards in the air, mm-hmm. 80 attempts, which is way too many. I'm sorry. That tied with uh, Rodgers and Josh Allen for the most deep balls thrown last year in the NFL, and Russell Wilson's arm isn't close to being what it used to be, and it isn't anywhere close to being what Aaron Rodgers' arm is or Josh Allen's job, uh, uh, arm is. Uh, the Three sixty-three completion percentage was the second lowest of his career on deep balls, and the eighty attempts was the second highest in his career, and his quarterback rating, his passer rating, I'm sorry, of eighty-three point three was the second worst of his career. He was bad on the deep ball last year, and that's supposed to be a strength. And I think that's what Sean Payton is talking about when he says, "Listen, you, you're playing my way this year." Or else. The, uh, and the or else is you're not playing. Other numbers back you that You got to play my way. Pro Football Focus went through some of that, too, and really went into the the type of pass and what they'll call a uh, a vertical lead pass. In other words, going downfield on those, those vertical routes. They had him at 44 of those attempts, which put them in the top 10 of the NFL. Same kind of thing you're looking at. Only completed 41% of those, which was the fifth lowest in the NFL. So that drop-off has been a major concern, especially on that kind of play. And that's the play that Russell Wilson, if left to his own devices, will choose almost every time. And you talk about the the decay. The 80 attempts of 20-plus air yards and the 55 sacks, they do correlate. They absolutely correlate. To to an extent. And I'm not saying all 55 sacks were a result of the 80 deep balls he tried. But there is a correlation. That's too many deep balls, and it's obviously too many sacks. Whether you blame the offensive line for 60% of it and Wilson for 40, or say maybe it's closer to 50-50, or you say it's 80-20, or it's 100% the fault of Nathaniel Hackett because he coached for 15 games and Russell Wilson started 15 games. Now, the 15 games Wilson started were different from the 15 games that Hackett coached, but you you get the idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither finished the year with a perfect 
attendance slate. Hackett because he was fired and Wilson because he kept getting injured. The concerns with that, and this is a conversation I've had a little bit with um, a person who knows football very well that I chat with here and there. And talking about Russell Wilson, and that's that's the thing to understand. I think when we break this all down, and we'll do it over the course of the show. Nathaniel Hackett, if he coached Russell Wilson, it was not and how to become better. And it, Wilson has, was essentially left to his own devices. Uh, I am more bullish on Russell Wilson than you are, but at the same time, I'm realistic about this. Russell Wilson, if he's not really explained what to do, will almost by default roll out to extend a play and throw a deep sideline route. That's the preferred play. That's the play he wants to throw. It's the play he likes to throw over the course of his career until recently, as you pointed out there, it's been the play that he's had the most success at. Part of the challenge in getting Russell Wilson back to the player he was is to let Russ cook. What Russ wanted to do was that, roll out and throw bombs to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That's what he wanted to do. And he's done that over the course of his career in Seattle with other receivers as well. He's actually generally had better receivers if you go over the course of his career than people gave him credit for. And in Denver last year, I think it was obvious that Hackett just figured, well, Wilson's just let him do what he does. Okay, well, he did. And those numbers that you just gave us were the result. Yes. In Sean Payton's case, it's been made made very clear that "Mm, I will let you know when you can do that. We'll do it every once in a while but I will let you know when we can do that. And we're probably going to do it more off of play action because the other part of this equation is Russell Wilson's sack numbers. Russell Wilson, historically, him, not his line, him. When you separate out the line and just look at the quarterback who takes the most sacks, Russell Wilson is historically bad. How bad? I'll tell you next on Mile High Sports. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. The NFL season kicks off tonight with the Chiefs hosting the Lions. A kind of interesting matchup. Mainly, I think we know what the Chiefs are, but want to see what the Lions maybe look like. A team that a lot of people think might be uh, division winners this year. It is interesting to me, and the Chiefs are still clear favorites, obviously. Uh, yes. But... The point spread was and six and a half, and it dropped to four and a half. So, Chris Jones, and Travis even Kelsey. on a home game, and maybe with Travis Kelsey out too, um, the line has gone down by two points. So, that speaks to the value, particularly of Jones, because I think Kelsey is still a little uncertain, and that happened uh, just in the last, what, 48 hours, when the last 48 hours. R- Kelsey, yeah, roughly right. But the point spread had also dropped when it became pretty obvious that Chris Jones wasn't going to play. Chris Jones has value, but I I think one possible advantage, if the Chiefs can get off to a decent start, even the first month without him, that's one month of wear and tear that Chris Jones, who plays inside, remember. And always draws double teams. And draws double teams a lot. That's one month of wear and tear that he won't be experiencing in 2023. That isn't all bad. 
And I think the that Chiefs the idea is if the Chiefs could get him back bucks a game. for the second half of the season or even for the playoffs, they'll still be well-positioned. They'll at least have home field advantage for one round. But for this game, and you talk about the absence of Chris Jones, I will, I will give you a very interesting stat that might surprise people. You, of course, Andy, may know. How? Well, let's, let's put it this way. What quarterback do you think, when you think of the great quarterbacks in the league, what quarterback has the longest active number of pass attempts without an interception? Is it Goff? It is Jared Goff. And it's more than you might He think. had 15 touchdown passes at the end of last year with zero picks. Jared Goff. In the last, yeah, I, I can't 15, remember 15 how and 15 and 0. Jared Goff has a streak going, and maybe I just jinxed him, of 324 pass attempts without a pick. To get an idea of how big that is, the so NFL record. What? It's got to be four or five games. The right? NFL record, Sandy, is 408 by Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the 324 passes without a pick is not insignificant. And not. if there it is, is no, if you can't get that interior pressure And they on do golf, have, one of the reasons people like Detroit is because there's an offensive line, in the line now to protect him. And he, in the past, has been vulnerable to pressure. But last year with that kind of protection, he yeah. had the best string of games to close out a season that he's ever had. Even the Rams Super Bowl season with Goff, was not as good for Goff well, I mean, you, as the last five or six You pointed it out. I mean, he finished the, the, the season on a 15-touchdown to zero interception streak with, by the way, Can't do much better that, that streak that is still coming intact on a 324-pass attempt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, finished, finished the season, 324-pass right. attempts without an interception and 15 right. touchdowns. And they have receivers as they well. They receivers. Quite a no, few of them. It isn't your fathers or your grandfathers. And good receivers Detroit out of the backfield, too, at the David Montgomery moving from Chicago, and they picked up Jameer Gibbs, who they intend to use as kind of a, a weapon. Uh, you'll see the same thing. With, I, uh, uh, I have seen Jameer Gibbs play in person. And he's dangerous. He's the real deal. Yeah, he really is. And so uh, an interesting, maybe more interesting matchup. I'm intrigued to see what the Lions are. I don't expect them to win, but I'm intrigued because uh, their division is – put it politely, a dumpster fire, and we have no idea what's going on in that division, and the Lions could marry well make some noise. But I spoke a little bit about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson this year, barring something disastrous, and I mean disastrous like he gets hurt in the early part of the season, so knock on whatever wood or simulated wood grain that's nearby you in case you're superstitious. Russell Wilson will be the newest member of the 500 career sack club this year, <laughs> in short order, because as you pointed out, he had 55 last year, and he's only 18 away from it. Out of the quarterbacks that have had 400 or more sacks in their career, and there are fewer than 20, because you have to have a combination of longevity, and you have to start a lot of games. Russell Wilson has the third highest average of sacks per game surrendered. Third. Randall Cunningham is the only player in history who's ever allowed an average of three sacks per game. He's at 301. Phil Simms, Two very different quarterbacks when it comes to mobility there and kind of game well, and Sims. Yes. 2.91, but Russell Wilson is at 2.79. But getting sacked a lot is not necessarily a function of style of play. Because Cunningham, not as always. you point out, could move, and mm -hmm. he got sacked a lot. And Russell Wilson, in his younger days especially, could really move. And he was still getting sacked a lot, even on some good but Seattle teams. Cunningham and Wilson, although not overall similar quarterbacks, 
take a lot of sacks for similar reasons. Hold the ball. Guys with big arms hold the ball, hold the ball looking for kill shots down the, the sideline. Held the ball, held the ball, held the ball. Mm-hmm. And finally, late in his career, when he couldn't move or he couldn't stand up to the pressure quite as well as he aged, he was getting sacked a ton. Now, the majority of those guys, I think it's interesting, by the way, that that have gotten those sacks aren't that mobile. We talk about Cunningham. We talk about Wilson. I'll just go down the list real quick. Alex Smith is behind that at 2.48. Not mobile in his early years, but generally not considered mobile. No. Uh, Donovan McNabb, I think mobile. Not not really a runner, but mobile. But mobile enough. Certainly nimble. Drew Bledsoe, no. No. Matt Stafford, no. no. Dave Craig could certainly move. Of course, when he did, he fumbled a lot. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers could move. Roethlisberger could move. John Elway could move. Sure. Uh, Warren Moon, not so much. Matt Ryan, definitely not. Not really Philip Rivers. Definitely not Vinny Testaverde or Eli Manning. Uh, Brett yeah. Favre could. Tom Brady could not. Drew Brees could not. And that's the list. So, the mobile guys that you'd say are distinctly mobile on that list, I would say Cunningham, Wilson, McNabb, Craig, Roethlisberger and Elway. Majority of those guys weren't. But again, we talked about Cunningham's desire to play for the deep ball. Wilson's desire to play for the deep ball. John Elway and Ben Roethlisberger had desires to play for the deep ball. You can be as mobile as you want, but if you're waiting too long, you're going to get hit. That's the reality. Absolutely. And the older Russell Wilson gets, the more risky that becomes. So, For the Broncos, the way I think you will know right off the bat that if Russell Wilson is going to be much better as a player than he was the last year, you are going to see fewer of those rollouts and holding onto the ball. The ball has to get out quicker. Here's the funny thing. There's numbers, Sandy, that will support it. When Russell Wilson threw, in a a disastrous year, right? When Russell Wilson threw short passes, and we're talking short passes, 10 or fewer yards, Wilson's Accurate pass rate via pro football focus was 11th in the league. That's not amazing, but just outside the top 10 in an awful year. Not bad. His uncatchable pass rate was the fourth best. When he threw out routes, which he only threw 9% of the time, his passer rating was 101.3. In other words, there are things that Wilson still does well. They are the quick routes. They are the short routes. They are not, by the way, you want to see Wilson's weakness, crossing routes, not, a, not an immense surprise given That's his size. never been a strength. And I think his size is part of that. But there are things that if you're Sean Payton and you look at Russell Wilson's games, there are plenty of things to work with. The trick is getting Russell Wilson to accept that. And this is what Pete Carroll had to navigate during his years, and they found a way to do it. Can Sean Payton do that? We Until know that, the end when right. Russell Wilson wouldn't accept the limitations. But that was you know, almost a decade in. So if you're Sean Payton, can you get Russell Wilson to buy in, which will be a little bit different than what Pete Carroll wants him to be at this point because Payton's certainly looking at a Russell Wilson that's 35 years old. Can he get oh, him to well, buy he in? He will be. Will be. During the course. During the course of the season. He'll turn 35. Can he get him to do that? I would say the early returns and the limited things we saw in preseason indicate that, yes, that either Wilson may have been humbled or trust Peyton or uh, lays down the law and told him about the note-kiss-bleeping babies or whatever, but it looked in the first two preseason games as if Wilson was doing his best to fit that scheme and looked pretty good. Dan Orlovsky of ESPN is pretty bullish on Wilson's chances Mm -hmm. to come back and have a revival kind of season in 2023 and he talked about 
the things he thinks Sean Payton can do for Russell Wilson. And he described them as free plays. These are passes that quarterbacks have to complete almost every time. Hitches, RPOs, bootlegs, play actions, screens, easy option routes. And you're talking about the the out patterns. The short outs were, were fine, but those are passes that most guys complete yeah. on a fairly but regular basis. But he was basis. better than average but at it. The, the deal with Wilson that's difficult is that, unlike Drew Brees, who would get his six to eight shots a game down the field, Drew Brees, if it wasn't there, would be more than willing to check down. Yes. And Russell Wilson's willingness to do that is highly questionable. That's he fair. may intellectually say in any given game, hey, I'm willing to do that now, but, boy, there's still a lot of confidence, self-confidence, with respect to Russell Wilson when it comes to the deep ball. And I think that'll be the acid test. Uh, because, again, Peyton has said, hey, six to eight times a game, he will be asked, as Peyton puts it, uh, to uh, take the plunge off the high, <laughs> off yeah, the high, the old high dive, uh, yeah. the old high dive, and you know, create a cannonball effect. And of course, Peyton has said we need to take him off the high dive the whole time, and that gets back to Peyton's criticism of Hackett that too often, whether it was at Hackett's direction or Hackett allowing Russell Wilson to play any way he wanted to play, that there were times last year that it was almost comical, that that, that Wilson was trying for the impossible play even when the Broncos were close or even ahead, and he he didn't need to do that, and we can debate all day long as to whether Hackett was somewhat responsible, mostly responsible, completely responsible for that. But the fact of the matter is, Wilson, I think last year, still had the mentality, I can lift this team. Yes. And Unquestionably. I don't think, this is a personal opinion, I don't think Russell Wilson can lift the team anymore. Uh, especially a team that's mediocre to poor. I don't think he can lift them to elite status. His ego may tell him that he can. I'm here to tell you, in my humble opinion, that he can't do that anymore. And if he still believes he can do that, this marriage with Peyton will not work. Let me make a comparison for you. And maybe this last year for Russell Wilson was humbling and, and has changed some of the perspective. What you're talking about to me, and I, obviously Wilson is not, well, he's had significant accomplishments, has not accomplished as much as the person I'm going to mention, but I think people will be able to see the similarities because you probably watched them this summer. I don't think LeBron James can carry the Lakers and elevate the Lakers anymore, but I think LeBron James in spurts and in moments most certainly can. Can he do it night in and night out? Well, Maybe not anymore. I don't know. 
He came pretty close to doing that this year. But I have no and doubt contrary that contrary to popular spurts, belief, he wasn't getting a lot of help from uh, no, Davis. Actually, he was still their best player, not Davis. He was by uh, far yes, their best player. It wasn't even close. And he was, he was lifting them. I mean, I've never seen a guy at 38, uh, unless it's Brady maybe, uh, or Peyton in 2013, who was close to being that age. I mean, he might have been 37. But, but, but dominate the way LeBron did. Until LeBron got hurt, and then LeBron came back, and in the playoffs, he was getting more help from Davis than he got I don't, generally I don't the think regular. Wilson can carry the Broncos either, but I think there's enough left in the tank that if the Broncos can keep it close, that he can have moments in which he can get them over the top. I think that's still distinctly possible, and I think Sean Payton believes that based on his comments. The challenge there that Wilson will have that quite frankly all aging quarterbacks have and and even ones that have been better than Russell Wilson is understanding what your limitations are Peyton Manning did it brilliantly Tom Brady did it brilliantly Drew Brees did it well brilliantly the understood I I, I would say go look at Tom Brady's average depth of target over the course of his his career is it he just shortened it shortened it shortened it did it grudgingly in Mm -hmm. 2014 when after the 22-7 loss in St. Louis to the Rams, the Broncos, and uh, uh, Mark Kisler wrote a good column today, but I I would disagree with him, and I think he was wrong on on one point, uh, when he mentioned that after that St. Louis game in 2014, John Elway came down and laid down the law and said, less Peyton Manning, and, and, and John Fox didn't like it. Uh, and it led to the firing of John Fox. John Fox actually liked it a lot because John Fox is a conservative guy, and he he very much wanted it. The funny story about that one. But he watched his quarterback the year before throw 55 touchdowns. But he was fully supportive of that, contrary to what Mark suggested. But you are right. It was a dispute. I'll tell you who, who, who got on Elway's bad side during that period, Adam Gase did. And that's why when John Fox left, John Elway didn't for a second consider Adam Gase. And remember, this is Adam Gase circa 2014. Again, off, you're right. The, the coming off of Super Bowl the year before and all kinds of pieces Peyton leading Manning, up to the Super Bowl. Brilliant, Peyton right. Manning had his best year ever. Adam Gase and Peyton Manning were kindred spirits like Peyton and Drew Brees. And the thing that was wrong about that, the funny story is that Fox, fully supportive of what Elway said, Fox says, uh, during the game, we're going to run the ball, run the ball, and they're playing Buffalo, I think, and it's a shootout, and they're behind, and Gay saddles up to to Fox and says, you still want to run the ball, John? Uh, And Fox, well, I think we better throw it now, and they want a shootout. Uh, But it's true that in 2015, it took an entire season and an injury for Peyton Manning to grudgingly accept that Peyton Manning couldn't be Peyton Manning anymore. And he had to be a, a much more... Of a game manager type. You know, simplified, manage the game, get ahead with a pass early, but then entire, uh, entirely rely on the ring game. And you remember in the Super Bowl, in the fourth quarter with a, a relatively slim lead, 
the Broncos are running the ball on third and seven right. to preserve field position and to eliminate the risk of an interception. Now, I don't think that, that Wilson's physical form has dropped off to that point at this stage, but there are some similarities. Want to know what you think? (laughs) 303-831-1340 is the number. We'll talk more about this, and we want to know what you think about the Wilson and Peyton relationship as well right when we get back on Miley Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome back to the show. It is uh, the NFL debut tonight. Thursday night football begins. Chiefs and Lions. The Broncos, of course, will take on the Raiders on Sunday as their season begins. Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette, who covers the Broncos for them, will join us at the top of the hour for the latest. But as we talk about some of these challenges in, in the what does Russell Wilson need to be? Does he need to be a game manager? What does that look like? As Sean Payton has indicated that he doesn't want to completely round off all of Russell Wilson's edges, but at the same time is, is a longtime co-worker in different capacities. Uh, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, is a pretty conservative guy. He is very conservative. So is that a, is that a good cop, bad cop kind of thing formulating? Or what's, yeah, what's the plan be. here? Uh, Lombardi is more conservative than Payton. And Lombardi was fired from the Chargers, Chargers. because he was too, too conservative, conservative, and it hurt Justin Herbert. And now everything you read and hear, and I'm suspicious of anything that's said about even players I happen to like a lot, and Justin Herbert is one of those players I like a lot. I think he's terrific. But anything said during preseason I take with a grain of salt. However, um, I have seen multiple observations talking about Justin Herbert going days in practice without the ball hitting the ground and throwing these deep routes with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore that are exactly on target, and people like Keenan Allen look like they've turned the clock back five or six years. They're raring to go. They're excited. And if you take the 10 best players on the Chargers, compare them with the 10 best players on any team in the league, if they can keep them healthy and in one piece, their top 10 players, with the possible exception of the 49ers, are probably better than the top 10 players on any team in the league. I think you can make the argument. The, the Chiefs could say top five, mm-hmm. but I don't know about top ten. Even in this division, I think the Chargers one through ten, if you're taking the ten best players, it, it's it's hard to match. And so, yes, I, I think they wanted to make as radical departure as they could. Kellen Moore is on the opposite end of the spectrum from Joe Lombardi. So it'll be very interesting to see how Peyton's philosophy and 
Lombardi's philosophy, and they have worked together before, so they get along, yeah. how all that affects Russell Wilson. Whether it leaves him still a little bit tentative, or if it's the right mix, the good cop, the bad cop, uh, you know, the guy who will patch on the back a little bit, and the guy who will tell you uh, when you're fussing around at the line of scrimmage and there are 10 seconds or fewer left on the play clock, we're losing to the defense on that play well, almost every time. This is your show. And that happened all the time last year. I did. This is your show, too. I want to know what you think as the Broncos get ready for their opening game against the Raiders. Uh, we have uh, someone on the phone line. So, Danny, uh, who have we got? We do. We've got Dave again. All right, Dave. How's it going? I, I think that what I see for the Broncos is they're relying on a lot of guys to actually play better than they ever have. No doubt. No doubt. I, I mean – that's how I see it. You're, they you're need a lot of career years, uh, yeah. and and we can go down the list. I don't think Russell Wilson needs to have a career year, but he needs to be a hell of a lot better than he was last year. Uh, career year, Javante Williams, uh, yes. Uh, career year, Jerry Judy, uh, when he gets healthy, and it looks like uh, he'll be healthier faster than some yeah. of us anticipated, maybe for week three. Career year from him. Uh, I think you need uh, a career year from at least one of the offensive linemen, the kind of year he hasn't had before. Uh, I think Garrett Bowles has already had his career year, so I'm looking at the four other guys. Uh, and Powers was pretty good last year, uh, being as good Feels as he like was a last Quinn year. Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry. By, uh, step uh, Miners, up time. Lloyd Cushenberry. I, I, I would say maybe McGlinchey, maybe McGlinchey. Uh, on defense, I think uh, you need Zach Allen to look the way he looked in the preseason, which is very impressive. He needs to have a career year. I think DJ Jones needs to have a career year uh, and stay healthy enough to have that type of year. Uh, uh, linebacking spot, I, I think one of those guys, whether it's Gregory, probably not Frank Clark, whose best years are behind him, but somebody like Gregory needs to play 15 games this year at least out of the 17, and needs to have a career year in terms of uh, production. And in the secondary, uh, again, uh, you know, Simmons gives you career years every year. Satan, I would expect to give you career years just about every year. Um, Mathis needs to be improved, although I thought he was pretty good after that disastrous first game. And, uh, you know, Kareem Jackson doesn't have have to have a career year, He just has to maintain that streak of uh, durability and maybe miss fewer tackles this year than he did last year. But, yes, I I agree with you. I I don't know how many we counted or I counted on that, but, yes, I I think you need six to eight guys to have career years. Absolutely. I kind of see the whole season going is is that if they've been playing like they have in the past between 16 and 18 points they score, to me – it's always that it's not that the defense being great It's that the other team knows they only need to score so many points and not take any chances because they know the Broncos can't score. That's a lot of it. Uh, I think you're right. And that's something that Sandy and I have, have gone over uh, for uh, quite a bit. And th- thank you for the, the call, Dave. Appreciate it. But yes, 
Uh, when you know that the opponent can't score that many points, of course, you're going to keep it on the ground. Uh, you're going to go ahead and eat the clock. You're going to force uh, a punchless offense to try to match you. And they did that. And that certainly, if they're anywhere near, remember, they were dead last at scoring last year. If the, if the Broncos aren't notably better, I mean, borderline, I think San Diego would be a touchdown better, a full touchdown oh, a better. a full touchdown, 16-9 to 23-9 Yeah, nine and if, if they aren't, they won't win much more than six games again. I mean, that's just the reality, not in a tougher AFC and an AFC West. I, I, I'm not trying to relitigate 2022 because I don't think there's, there was ever much to litigate there. They were just bad. 30th in EPA per first down play. 31st in time sacked on first down, 17. Oh. Only uh, the Bears had their quarterback sack more on first, first down. down. That sacks. was 21. That's just All a right. disaster. Uh, 26th in offensive penalty yards on first down. Isn't that incredible? 27th three and out percentage. Um, as in sixth most off. Right. Okay. <laughs> Going three and out. Uh, 28th in pre-snap dead ball penalties with 33. That's almost two a game. Here's here's the upside of that. Pre-snap dead ball penalties. And uh, so that, that that just gives you a sample size a lot of how of those the things, offense was. A lot of those things are directly attributable to coaching. Those. Now, if you're talking about you want to separate out Nathaniel Hackett and Russell, that's hard to do. But the the lack of discipline, the lack of structure, the lack of attention to the little things on first down, that's directly attributable to coaching. And when we have an opportunity to to see Sean Payton in that role, I think things will be quite different. But, of course, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Of course, it is football season. And, you know, everyone does that. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door, just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day using the promo code MILEHIGH. So bet with the best. And use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. You visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll get more into this and the latest from the Broncos with our friend from the Denver Gazette, Chris Thomason. He joins us next. 